everyone to a new episode of the Best Lives Podcast. Today, we will continue talking to Rhonda about her experience as a pratiloma therapist in the second part of the interview with her. In the current season, we are following a series of interviews with guests that are pratiloma therapists. Last week, we had the first part of the interview with Rhonda about her experience, and we also talked at the end about the importance of trust in the pratiloma patient therapist relation. And today we will have the second part of our third interview from this series so that you get a broader understanding about what it means to be a therapist that helps others with the process of recollecting their own past lives. Additionally, at the end of today's talk, we will go into the topic of psychosomatic diseases. But before we start with the second part of the interview, for those of you who haven't listened to the first part, I would just shortly suggest maybe it would work. Uh, taking a look at the first part of the interview. In that way, um, probably everything that we talk about today will make more sense because it will also be related to um, all the topics that we discussed in the first part. Thank you for being with us again, this time from a different role. Uh, we had an interview with you from the position of the patient in which you um, talked about your experiences in this sense. And now, uh, thanks for accepting the invitation to ask uh, to answer a few questions from the position of the therapist. Which experience with a patient has impressed you the most so far? What was the most, uh, let's say, spectacular uh, change that you've seen or... Oh, that's difficult to say. That is really difficult to say. Maybe, uh, let's say, the most... Um... Or or maybe if to make the question easier, and until you think about it, we, can, we could also talk about what changes have you seen uh, at your patients. So maybe they uh, did several sessions with you, and maybe you can make a shorter comparison between how the patients were in the beginning and how they were after two, three, I don't know, ten sessions. I didn't work uh, in... Too often with the same person, I think maybe two or three persons are the ones that I've been working, let's say, more than four times. Um, the question is, what what are the changes after more sessions? Or, uh, or what's the most spectacular effect that you've seen? Yeah. What impressed you? Well, let's say... One thing that I'm always impressed is the, um, the positive experiences that, that people experience. Because um, there's always a positive experience in, um, in, a, in a regression therapy session. And um, for instance, let's, let's give this one example. I was working with a person that was suffering very deeply. Uh, she was suffering from post partum depression and she was having very low self-esteem and she could not see anything positive about her life and we started working and obviously like my mind was having these worries wow would it be okay for her because she did not work with um, with this type of therapy before and 
it was so impressive for me that she she immediately accessed a positive experience and her entire therapy um, regression session was about positive experiences and and then later on i realized that probably because she was so connected in her day-to-day life to her trauma and she was kind of working with them but she was acknowledging her trauma a lot she needed very much uh, a positive experience she needed to trust again that that she has the ability to enjoy life that there was joy and light in her in her life before and that she trusts that this is something that is in her and has not been lost so um for instance that was um something surprising and uh, and amazing for me and then and then with her it happened uh, it it happened for instance a few times that she only had um been able to access positive experiences before she started to to also um access um let's say a traumatic event um when again when we speak about spectacular maybe maybe things are more um impressive when when people are dealing with something that they with a very big load from their lives and um it was the case for instance with one person that has been raped and and i have to admit it was oh, that's that's it, really tough to yes experience and i think it's even tougher to process and to manage to overcome that yeah. yes and it's to be honest i i even have because it was some many years ago i i don't have the memory of the details of that but um it was the experience after the the, the sense the sense of of um there was the sadness but the the healing acknowledgement that that was there in the air at the end you know being able to open up that um kind of uh, very hard to visit moment of one's life uh and and to have together enough um support and energy and um and feel safe safe enough in order to be able to open it and then to uh to process it again to a certain extent and uh, and i think that was uh, it was an important uh, moment definitely it was an important moment for her in what way uh, did she uh, heal from this trauma of rape at the end of the sessions uh, what changes did you see uh, in her um... i think that's uh, it there was a very deep uh, feeling of Hard to say. Relief maybe does not make justice to 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 it. It was relief and acknowledgement. No, that's maybe a mix of this. I I mean something that I can look at this now. So it gave the person more 
more power, more strength, yeah. more strength. But yeah. a strength from a place of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the periods in which maybe you did um, more often sessions with patients, uh, how did you manage to keep your own balance? Well, let's say one way to keep my own balance was to make sure that I do work on my own issues. So uh, quite often uh, when I was offering uh, therapeutic sessions, I was kind of sooner or later, the same week or, or so, would having my own therapy or self-therapy you know um, I think it's really important to work on on your own uh, issues as a therapist and um, you basically need to be healthier than the patient absolutely right? so. absolutely you have to be healthier and um, and I also think it's important to still be in to be in 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 touch with that experience from from both sides to yes to keep um, uh, uh, an attitude of, of humbleness while you're a therapist, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, one thing that I also find is 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 very important is um, how again the. By by seeing how how things are connected through more than one uh, experience, of more going through through a lot of regressions as therapist as as patient uh, is how how you start to understand certain patterns like what creates what you know. Like, Can you give us some concrete examples because this idea seems to be really really interesting. To be able to have this understanding, what creates what, especially on the karmic level, I'd be really curious about some examples. That's also maybe one very interesting thing, is that this is knowledge that is, at least in me, is not settled so much rationally. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm, it's more, I think it's more... um, into in in the intuitive kind of in, wisdom, intuitive wisdom. Mm-hmm. exactly. So so while I'm there leading the 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 um, uh, the patient, and let's say the patient uh, ex- expresses guilt or shame, you know, um, in a form or another, um, then before they start to process it, there there is a feeling inside that actually they will have to come to a point where they reach a level of self-love. And um, sometimes it's also about seeing how the same emotions are creating uh, blockages or um, pain in in certain areas of the body. You mean in, in the same areas of the body? In so the same that... areas of the body, yeah. From different mm-hmm. different people, but the same emotions. Would, same would, emotion with same location in the same body. Same location in the body, uh-huh. yes. Okay. So like, for instance, if people would have fear, as yeah. would often um, 
would be experienced in the in in the uh, stomach area. Of course, it 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 may be feeling in a lot of places, but a certain fear uh, and anxiety it comes to the to uh, to the stomach area, or or when the fear is so is paralyzing, then people usually have. Um, uh, almost paralyzing pain in leg in limbs mm-hmm. in legs and and hands and it's like that fear has been uh, archived in the limbs and and kind of keeping that person stuck. emotionally but also physically stuck Mm-hmm. So the people are not able to, let's say, move outside of uh, an abusive situation or an too exhaustive job or something. Like exploring, then you find out sooner or later that there is a connection with an event that installed that type of paralyzing fear. I find this idea really interesting because we, at least I, have the feeling that my emotions are so particular to me, they're so personal. But uh, when I'm discussing with you about this topic, uh, from what I understand is uh, that your observation is that actually emotions are not that personal at all because they kind of manifest in the same way. They even have negative effects in the same places in the body uh, when you look at different people who maybe didn't even meet each other. They don't even need to meet. As long as it's a person, you can basically map out, uh, let's say, uh, like a map of the emotions and their effects in the body. Definitely. And and I think maybe that's easier understood when we, when we think of the fact that a disease, which is actually the somatized um, result of... Um, of the same uh, negative emotions and um, repressed emotions um, throughout a longer time, um, that's something probably that is more more acknowledged, that again, stress can can give you stomach ulcer, or that... um, Anger can give you liver problems, or something like that. Yes, or, you know, that... And it's probably not um, uh, out of the blue that a lot of women um, later in life, they have thyroid problems which are related to the thro- throat chakra. And due, due to what emotion due to, due, I think due to a lot of um, unspoken um, personal truths because of... Um, going through life um, by trying to please the others, to serve, you know, spouse and kids and and always forgetting about themselves and keeping their own voice, their own needs, their own creativity kind of um, inside inside and, and repressed. I would have one last question for you. Um... What is your purpose as a regression therapist? Can you um, sum up a bit your um, target in this sense? You did touch uh, a few times the advantages, but maybe as a summary and as a last question, if you could 
tell us something about that? Well, I think I have to start by saying that for me, uh, the regressions, though they are a therapy, they are part of a spiritual process. So they are a technique on a on a on a spiritual path. Yes, it's a technique that helps us acknowledge, become aware of of our, um, let's say, past karmic entanglements, helping us to um, deal and process that load, gain certain freedom that we can progress um, on a spiritual path. So this is also the root of my intentions in working with this technique is that the other people that have opening to uh, process and get rid of, of the free get some freedom from their suffering um, they they have the opportunity to to do this through the grace of this technique and and if I can be the instrument through which they can uh, achieve a little bit of uh, freedom mm-hmm. hopefully for seeing more of the light and and deciding to make progress on the on that path i think that's what's that's the the root of my of, that's my motivation yeah. are there any other examples that you would like to share with us in this sense Yes, um, there was um, a very um, impressive experience I had recently. There was a person that um, went through um, quite um, kind of intense um, therapeutic session in the regression. And at the end, when she was um, accessing a positive experience she had a, a positive encounter um, although she didn't have any spiritual experiences before I think she has a resonance a sensitivity but she did not follow a spiritual path or any technique before she she I think she immediately entered a very sacred space and Now, after having been cried and been, you know, going through these uh, intense um, uh, emotions, she was now in a, in, a, in a totally different voice, totally transformed. She was saying to me, I feel this presence. I feel I am supported. There's incredible energy. And and even that was, was for her um, very new to... Um, have the perception of feeling an energy, a sacred energy, a spiritual energy that was kind of inveiling her, and um, and she was she was saying, I feel how how this energy is how how this entity is healing me. She could feel like like her body is being healed in the regression session. You mean? Yes, in the regression session. Yes, so. It was a, a deeply healing experience, but it was a spiritual healing experience. So she could get in touch with a different dimension. She could perceive 
an energy. She could perceive the presence, a sacred presence. And that was impressive also for me because it was her first regression and her first experience with something, let's say, from the spiritual realm. Thank you so much for being with us again, uh, also from the role of therapist, and thanks a lot for sharing all these insights with us. Thank you. We thank Rhonda again for her openness to share with us from her experience. Throughout our talk, Rhonda was talking about the fact that by having several sessions with patients, she noticed that similar emotions manifest themselves in similar parts of the body at different people. Based on her experience, and also based on the teachings from the Book of the Master that teaches the Pratiloma Method, I would like to introduce you today to the topic of psychosomatic diseases. Illnesses, predisposition to various diseases and the appearance of external harmful factors, accidents, in essence, have a single cause. The imbalance occurred at the psychological level, triggered by the tensions accumulated in the storehouse of the consciousness. To use the language of Eastern culture, we're referring to karma, mostly to the negative part of the karma. Thus, all illnesses, including those carried over from previous lives and inherited genetic abnormalities, can be described as psychosomatic. Looking deeper into the notion of psychosomatics, this connection may become clearer. Psychosomatics was the first to take psychological factors into account in the development of diseases. Therefore, psychosomatics is the science that takes into account all possible elements responsible for the onset and progression of the disease, and in the process of curing the disease, it does not only focus on the psychological condition of the patient and the symptoms of the disease, but also takes into account the psychological element and the social environment. Psychosomatics, like any branch of science, has also gone through several stages. In the early days, the misconception was created that psychosomatics dealt only with those diseases of the organs which are triggered exclusively by mental, emotional or personality factors. For example, diseases where it was easier to detect the link with the certain conflicts of the soul. Today, the leading representatives of psychosomatics agree that mental, social, cultural and economic factors play a decisive role in the formation of all diseases, and all these factors must be taken into account in the treatment of diseases. The conclusion reached is that all physically manifested diseases have psychosomatic causes. I would invite you to talk about this topic in detail in Season 4, where we will have a dedicated episode just for psychosomatics, since at some point in our life we probably all suffer from some kind of illness and it would be important to understand the mechanics of the manifestation of disease by looking at the topic of psychosomatics. For now, I thank you for being with me uh, also today. I'm looking forward to welcome you again next week for a new episode in which we will continue our series of interviews with the next guest that would like to share with us from her experience as a therapist with us. 
And as always, I would also like to invite you to reach out in case you have any questions, comments, doubts, or if there are any related topics that you'd like to share with me, or if you need any help in accessing your past lives, if you'd like to start your journey in accessing your past lives, or if you need any help uh, with dealing with trauma at the moment. You can reach me at pratiloma at portonmail.com or at ask at pastlife-knowledge.uk If you'd like to find out more about Pratiloma, we also have a website that you can access and find more details about uh, the Pratiloma method. This is uh, www.pastlife-knowledge.uk And you can also find us on Instagram, on YouTube, with the channels with the same name, Past Life Knowledge Written Together. On Instagram, it's instagram.com slash pastlifeknowledge and exactly the same on YouTube, youtube.com slash the symbol at written together then with past life knowledge. But you will find all the links which I just mentioned and also the email addresses in the description of this episode. I wish you a nice week ahead. Join me next time.